Happy Wu Wednesdays. It was so nice to catch up with an old friend, Wei Hong. Today he teaches us so much about money. I love his stories about his childhood, not fitting in, and what he learned from it. He asks really hard questions, and then questions those questions, and then questions them some more. Your bad money stories are hurting you, and it's time to untether them. I journaled what prosperity means to me after this conversation. It was really powerful. If you are a wedding photographer or professional trying to break out of six figures to seven figures or trying to make your side hustle a career, you are going to love this episode. And make sure you go to my website, heckyesmedia.co and download my free guide on how to generate automated leads. Enjoy. Welcome to Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. I'm your host, Carissa, and I've been a Los Angeles wedding photographer for over a decade. I've traveled the world, built my team, and seen it all. I now coach wedding photographers hit 10K a month and build a thriving business. In this podcast, we are going to deep dive into how top wedding creatives get that heck yes from their dream clients. We are not holding back on the struggles of the business and how to push through the noise. Some healthy hustle, mindset shifts, up-leveling your money story, time hacks because I'm a mom of two, a little bit of woo-woo, and most importantly, self-love and confidence are just a few of the many things we will talk about. I want to give you a genuine thank you for following along my journey. I hope to inspire you every Wednesday so that you say heck yes to listening to this podcast. See you guys soon. Hey guys, happy Wu Wednesdays. I have Wei Hong in the house. I can say we're friends. I've known you for like I don't know, five, six years. He is a Sherpa of happiness and human performance optimization coach person. Um, I've been a big fan of his podcast. He has a bunch of podcasts, but my two favorite are Untethered and Prosperous and The Money Story. And you are a true veteran for the podcast game because you've been around forever. And he's super crazy into the science and nature of money and recreating your bad money stories. He is a creator of... Uh, prosperity and breakthrough system and he is a big lover how is Kayla doing oh she's doing great she's actually lying down here on the floor next to me right now yeah yeah I remember you always had her at your office and she's adorable Um, and yeah we know each other through our mutual friend Lauren Weber who is a realtor and we used to be in the same networking group yes we were yeah how have you been I've been good. And you know, what's interesting is that I knew of you peripherally because you were like the go-to millennial wedding photographer <laughs> that everybody in the South Bay always knew about. Aww. And if they and if they couldn't afford you, but they knew about you anyway, and they still referred you. It was like it was like it was an interesting, it was an interesting thing. And so when I mentioned to my girlfriend at the time, I was like, oh, Chris, I was like, oh, I love her work. She does like, such good photos. I'm like going, oh, so you know her? Okay. <laughs> that means so much to me. And we we're just talking before we started recording that, like, I'm the way junior because we're all about like content. But I think your right? content, yeah, you're a little bit more crazy than me. But <laughs> you have your own sound studio. <laughs> I know I have. Yeah, I do have my own sound studio. I'm such an audiophile. And, you know, over the years, it, it, it was uh, it's been I mean, I, I, I've always been into technology. And, you know, more recently, I think my title has shifted a lot in terms of how I help people. I'm, I'm now called like the human optimization technologist. 
and it's about using technology. I'm such a geek. You know, I just got this new Zoom recorder that has 32-bit float. I have this new Tula microphone. I have I have over two like 20 microphones. It's it's it's, it's ridiculous. Really? But, yeah. And it's because I just, you know, I love podcasting. I love what it is able to create from a content perspective. I love how easy it is for people to access it. Mm-hmm. It's just so cool. And yeah, you and I have been I love it. And I saw you shift into the whole content creation space, moving away from this full-time photographer. I was so excited because I was like, oh, this is going to be so good. Oh, thank you. Way and Woo Wednesdays. Yeah, way and Woo Wednesdays. <laughs> I like it. That's today. Yeah, that's today. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so what were you like as a kid? And were you always super techie and uh, breakthrough-y and Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good question. You know, to to be honest, I and I don't know if I ever shared this with you. Um I think it's been more than 5 years because I you were you didn't have kids yet when we first met. Oh um, yeah, it was, wait, it was longer like 7 years. Oh huh? uh, yeah, at least. And and so it was it was so I don't know if I've ever told you, but my journey doing what it is today being fascinated with the human condition and helping people break through their blocks and everything was in junior high. And it was because, you know, in junior high, that's when people start to develop their social groups and their structures. And I didn't get the memo. So, you know, in grade school, we were all friends and I and I thought we would still be friends. But then everybody started to click out right in, um, in junior high. And then when that happened, I was like, uh oh. And then I started like getting left out and I didn't I had this weird breakfast clubby group of friends that really didn't belong anywhere. And it got to a point where I was just kind of like outside looking in and confused about why why aren't I friends with all these people anymore? And I started to think that there was something wrong with me. Oh. And yeah. And so I think, you know, just being immersed in technology, being born and raised in Silicon Valley, it was really easy, right, to be around that. Plus, my dad's an engineer. And so we were always around some sort of technology. And I guess I had a propensity for it. But then I was also interested in the technology of what makes human beings tick because I was trying to fix myself. And in the process of doing that, I I remember I still remember there was a there was a class um, where the teacher was. You know, do you remember in class when people when the teacher would pass out like a little list of topics and you pick a topic to do a report on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it got to me, and you know. They didn't have a very good system back in the day. It was like, if you sit on one side of the room, she would have to kind of alternate between which side you start passing out the list. And so this time she passed from the other side of the room. And because of my last name, you know, because they all lined it up, everybody, I was closer to the other side. And then by the time it got to me, it was slim pickings. So I was like, like, oh. But one of them on there stood out was like hypnosis and mesmerism. I was like, ooh, okay, cool. That could be fun. You know, hypnosis, Uh tricks, and stuff like that. Uh Uh-huh. But then when I started to do research on it, I, re- I realized it was a real thing. It was a hypnotherapy thing. Mesmer was a real person that they coined mesmerism after. Mm-hmm. And it was all about healing, but on a deep unconscious level. It was about deep digging deep into the human mind, the catacombs of the unconscious mind, to be more precise. And so I went in there and I was just like, oh, I can fix myself. Yay. So it wait, wasn't even about wait, 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 How old were you? I was in junior high. Okay, that's that's interesting. Okay, that's a big topic for middle school. Right. Okay, keep going, keep going. <laughs> Sorry. No, it, no, it totally was because you know because I was struggling so hard to fit in that 
I had already kind of given up and said, okay, maybe I'm just broken and weird. Mm. And, and I was getting bullied and all kinds of random things. Right. And so, um, and so what happened was I said, oh, cool. So I started going into that to try to fix myself so I can fit in with everybody else. Well, little did I know, it just made me weirder because what junior <laughs> high kid is like going around talking about, we communicate on an unconscious level. And then when we talk to people, you know, it's like, great. Now that just made it even worse, right? I know. But, but I think that's so what really started off that journey, though. I it, think my intellect now is 30, at 37 was like you and like junior high. <laughs> So, I mean, everybody has their timing, right? And and the beautiful thing about where you're at right now, the world is is so much more open to to embracing this type of thinking and this type of approach to optimizing ourselves to so that you don't have to go through decades of you know, figuring things out. You already have like you're literally standing on shoulders of people who have basically died along the way trying to figure it all out and now you can kind of step into the best of some of the best of the 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 modalities and the techniques that people have to kind of break through their blocks instead of going through what i had to go through okay so you were like okay so you had all these friends like breakfast clubby like when you're a kid but then in middle school you kind of drifted because you thought you were different and you try to do some research while you're different and then was there a point in time where you just thought hey like accepted who you are and kind of went on that journey or was there a time where like you accept yourself and then you like surrounded yourself with people like yourself yeah so that's the sad thing and this is why i'm so passionate about doing what i'm doing to kind of shorten that timeline mm -hmm. i don't think i ever got to that point until after college mm -hmm. and so so when people look back, I just recently went to a high school reunion and everybody was so excited. Oh, I can't wait. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I miss high school. I was like, I don't. Mm -hmm. But I went anyway because I figured it was like, you know, the last reunion before people start to hit that age group where people start to die. So I should, yeah, so, I I should, go, I should go and show up and just do a little, you know, have, you know, or re-meet some people. And um, it was interesting because I... As I was going there, I was like, I don't know if I even remember really anybody because I was just so, mm. so off kilter, so to speak, right? Uh -huh. Off my center. And yeah, it took a lot. And plus, I was dealing with cultural things. I'm Chinese. And so I'm first generation. So there's a lot of old school Chinese, like, thought process and mentalities here in terms of academics you know my dad thought all extracurricular activities was a waste of time oh, my mom wow. understood like well this is how you get into college right because um, if you're just all academics it's like no wait you know it's like that's not enough um, but for my dad as a whole so there's a lot of conflicting messages and so there was a lot of struggle yeah going through that not to say that you know I didn't learn anything um, but I think it wasn't it wasn't until after college, years of just just self-sabotaging type of behavior patterns that I finally realized, oh, I think the key is for me to just embrace and accept and embody like my unique nature of self. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So what was like your money story like growing up and then maybe like <laughs> after college and then like why are you so obsessed with people's money stories like take um, me back yeah i wasn't necessarily obsessed with it but i realized that so so my the bad money story that i grew up with the main one anyway because there was like a lot of little minions of it right but uh, -huh. uh 
such a <laughs> movie, by the way. It's like <laughs> Gru or whatever. It's like, uh-huh. um, so it, <laughs> oh, you saw it already? No, but my friend said it was so good. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's been causing a little bit of mayhem, I think, out there because some kind of a TikToker was saying that every time they come on, create havoc, you know, like minions. And they actually had to kick people out of the theater because they were creating too much. It was like disruptive. Oh, really? It was a whole TikTok trend that they said, go into the theaters and dress up, right? Like a minion. Uh-huh. And every time uh-huh. the minion showed up and did something or grew, grew just said something that you were supposed to get up and just like, Oh, interesting. Crazy. Yeah. Too interactive. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Silence is still golden. <laughs> yeah. They actually shut down some theaters because of that. It was like nuts. Oh, but, crazy. Oh, but anyway, we totally digress. Yeah. Um, but I think the main bad money story that I had growing up came from um, my dad, you know, trying to teach me about money in the best way he could. So, because in our house, it was like a total taboo thing. You don't ask your dad, you don't ask anybody about income or making money or anything like that. My job was to be a student. Who cares about money, right? Um, I wasn't even allowed to get a job because I was supposed to focus on, so I had to kind of sneakily do jobs on the side. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Create little businesses on the side so that my friends wouldn't know. But, um, so my dad actually realized one day, I think he said, oh, I think we should probably teach him about money. (laughs) And the way he decided to teach me was to get me a credit card. Like this 13 year old, like credit card. Okay, cool. Here, I can't even drive yet. And he's giving me a credit card. And then the only thing that he taught me about it was he gave me all the pack that comes with every credit card to teach you about APR and everything like that, blah, blah, blah. Right. And said, read all this about the car. So you understand the card. And then he says to me, this is his only teaching for emergencies only. Okay. He gives it to me, little gold card. And I was like, oh, okay. Now, my 13-year-old perception of what an emergency is is vastly different from a 30-some-odd-year-old man, right? Uh, his concept of emergency is like, the house is burning down. Okay, we need to go stay at a hotel type of thing, right? Yeah. For me, it was like, oh, my God, McFarlane Spider-Man just came out, and it's a limited edition, and it's flying off the shelf. I got to get it quick. <laughs> if I don't get it, it'll be all gone. Yeah. So I was at the comic book shop, and I was like, oh, my God, I got to get this. I don't have any cash. And so I went to... I took the comics that I wanted to. I went to the uh, the register, right? And back then, I mean, this, I'll date myself here. Not every place had took credit cards. And so I took it, took it to the front desk and then a front table the register. And I said, I'd like to buy this. He goes, cash or check? I'm like, I don't have a check. I don't have any cash either. And I opened up my, my little Velcro wallet. And I was like, uh, do you take credit card? And the guy looks at me and goes, no. And he looked at me like, why does this guy have a credit card? And he's like this tiny kid. And then I said, oh, okay, can I, can you hold on to it? Uh, I'm going to go get some cash and I'll come back. And he goes, well, this just came out today. I can only hold it till the end of the day. I'm like going, all right, I'll be back. So I left and I was like, I don't know what to do. But the engineering, the early version of engineering, like, how do I figure this out? Right. I remember like the back then they would actually send the pin code with the credit card, right. Instead of a two separate email. And I was like, oh, there's something called a pin. I think I can go to an ATM, whatever that is. So I went across the street to a B of A. I was like, match the, the icon. Oh, yeah, the, kit, the card is the same. Oh, my God. I put it in, and it was like magic. Wow. I was like, 20? Shoot, let's get 100. You know, and I started oh pulling God. money. And if you know, if you take cash advance from a car, what happens to the interest rate, right? <laughs> oh, my God. So all that month, for the next 30 days, it was magical for me. Whenever I needed, whatever needed Shoot. cash, I just used that. Well, I didn't get the bill. My dad did. Oh, my God. And 30 days later, it was 
oh, very painful. There was yelling, there was spanking, there was punishment. There was all this stuff that was going on. And my dad oh my was God. pissed. And, you know, the Asian culture, you don't piss off dad. Mom's okay, whatever. You don't piss off dad, right? And then it got to a point where all I wanted to do was have it stop. I was just like, stop, just stop. I can't. It's, and it got to like, you know, like Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. I couldn't even hear anymore. And it did stop. It stopped when my dad, the guy who was actually inflicting a lot of the um, proverbial pain, he reached out his hand. And he says, give me back the card. You're not ready. I'll let you know when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Side note, I don't think he ever derolled himself. And yeah, he never came back and said, OK, you're ready now. <laughs> so he took the card away and the pain stopped. That was a huge learning. So little way learned in that, mo- that little moment right there. That when it comes to money, way gets hurt. And the way to stop that pain is to either give it away or let it be taken from you. Oh, shoot. That story was so traumatizing to me from that just one little 30-day event Uh that unbeknownst to me, it was kicking up in my adult life over and over again. I had no idea. So I would make like six figures and it would crash. And I would make seven figures and it would crash. I would make all this money. And then all of a sudden, oddly enough, 30 days later, something would happen. Wow. And I was like, what the heck? And I worked with coaches and then they got little bits and pieces there. And so all the different learnings I have from all these different workshops, seminars, books, teachers, mentors, coaches, I finally pieced together something that I thought was just unique to me. And I said, oh, it's a story. So then I went in there and I was like, and then when I figured it, I was like, oh, that's what it was. Oh my goodness. So I released it, let it go. And I just went on with my life. Well, I ended up telling this story to one of my clients who was struggling. We were working on the business. I used to be a bigger on big business strategy and brand development, all that stuff. And we were hitting some kind of a weird wall and he just couldn't get past this 80% of his goal. He just, something just kept happening. Uh-huh. And then we were having a casual conversation after one of our sessions and then and he goes, do you think that'll work with work for me, what you did? I was like, no, this is my w- unique, weird, quirky little thing. He goes, can we try? I'm like, sure. So we tried it. And it worked. I was like, ah, that's a fluke. Then I had what another client. His, what was his thing? What was his so, thing? So his story was that he didn't. So it, basically, he didn't deserve it. Like he was not good. Oh, enough. Uh-huh. Right. So he wasn't good enough to break that threshold of making multiple six figures, right? And so who does he think he is to make that kind of money, right? So yeah. unconsciously that was running underneath, right? And so I, so I was like, okay, well, that's cool. And, but I still didn't think anything of it. You know, the engineer in me is like, that's not enough proof. That's a fluke too. And so then it happened again uh-huh. with another one. Then again, then again, wow. I was like, huh. we knew you were onto something. I was like, huh? And it, and you know what? The byproduct of that, we got to the goals faster. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's not about strategy. Yeah, it's about the deeper stuff. (laughs) Wait, wait. Okay, so okay, so after um, you found out that about yourself, Uh um, like that pain um from the money, did like what happened? Like in so, so what I did when I identified it, that at least gave me a direction of what I needed to work on. 
and that was a whole another journey in and of okay. itself, just going to layers and layers of going to that root cause. Because a lot of the work that I do is going, you know, I, 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 I we don't like to like just work with symptomatic stuff because most of what people are dealing with and they work on is symptomatic. Because if you're consciously aware of it, most of the time, it's just it's just the the above the soil. You're just cutting the weeds off over yeah, and over yeah. again, uh-huh. right? That's why affirmations only work if you're mm-hmm. able to clear out the root. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're just cutting the weeds, cutting the weeds, right? Yeah, I always yeah, have yeah. this little thing that I say, affirmations don't work. People are like, what? Triggered? I was like, oh. but it does work if you get to the root. So um, when I got to the root, um, so a lot of the work we do, there's also release techniques that you know I teach my students and my clients on how to eliminate the charge around the root cause so you can literally extract it out from your neurology so that it no longer gets in the way of the decisions that you make when it comes to money or around money. Yeah, that's really, why I told, told everyone, the viewers and the listeners, you're into the science of money. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm very much so. And, and also the energy of it, because what happens is this is when we start to release ourselves from these shackles of bad money stories that leads to chronic self-sabotage patterns, right? Uh, we, we start to realize that money is even more so just a tool. And the more we calibrate on, you know, it's and it's interesting, you and I are part of, are, are you part of that that Facebook community, the Asian Hustle Network or something like that? I uh, know, you, you could send me it. Yeah, I'll send it to you. <laughs> but I see what I see a lot in there is some really old entrenched Asian hustle mentality, which mm-hmm. burns people out like nothing else. And so I was in there for a while. I was like, ooh, I don't know. It's like, hustle this, hustle this, do what it takes, right? It's like, yeah, you're going to burn yourself out. You could do this when you're young now. But trust me, when you get older, you're going to try to do that and you'll end up hurting yourself and you get stressed out and, you're, and it's because you're doing it all because of money. And the reason why we have to grind for money, because our goal was just to make more money for what? For ego to say, I've got this, I've got that, I've got, I bought this, I can create this. I mean, last year I got COVID. Was it last year? Yeah. Last year I got COVID and I was out for a month because I realized something that even then, even just last year, I had created a lifestyle of myself that was somebody else's desire. And I did it so well that nobody could actually challenge me on it, right? I was like, oh, three-day work week, seven figures a year, only 10 clients, I live by the beach, great. And then I woke up to it midway through my whole COVID experience, realizing, oh, I totally called this in to have this moment with myself and realize I had become complacent, which if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this, and Mm -hmm. this is me telling you as well, right? Complacency is the kiss of death when it comes Mm -hmm. to entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Now, there's nothing wrong with complacency. Just don't be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Because you'll burn yourself out. Sorry, I'm just trying to wrap my head around all this. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I can't believe that 20 minutes like flew crazy by so fast. And oh my just God. trying to process everything. Um, but it kind of does lead into our hot topic. But tell the listeners and audience about your hot topic and why you chose it. Well, as a result of that um, that experience, I, 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 it gave me an opportunity to refine and reevaluate just why I'm here, what I'm oh, doing okay. this for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right? that's it, yeah. Yeah, and so why I'm here turns out to be like, I'm not here for a lifestyle. I'm not here to like 
show social media myself and say, look at this. I'm going to inspire you with my fancy cars and where I live and everything like that. That's not what the inspiration is coming from. I'm here to to make an impact on humanity. Okay. No, it's not like it's everybody's purpose to be that grandiose and that big, but because of what I've been able to do thus far, I can see the possibilities with the patented technologies that we use and all these different systems and processes and techniques and 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 technologies that okay. we use that can literally impact. So the hot topic then comes to this is that our whole movement that came out of that, the whole brand is called Untethered and Prosperous. And why why that came about was because I was asking the team, our team, and say, what is it that I do? What is it that we do here? And it distilled down to, we help people become untethered from a version of themselves that is keeping them from becoming the most prosperous way they can. And everybody's definition of prosperity is different, obviously, right? And everybody's way of untethering from those unique stories and experiences that I grew up with. And so there's a concept behind who you are and what you are. And what we've been able to help people do is to discern between those two. So if you want to really kind of honor your true nature of self, which is what we help people do, you want to be able to separate the stories of how you were raised that may go against the nature of you so that then you can then truly embody and take ownership of your natural self, thus being able to create your unique blueprint of success, happiness, and prosperity flow. Okay, let me try to like recap in my little childish, childish language. I'll say so untethered kind of is unraveling yourself to the core. So maybe your parents told you you were something or someone mm -hmm. a teacher told you something negative about yourself and you have mm -hmm. like these ideas of yourself. Um, but maybe truly that's not who you are and you have to break down that and kind of figure out who you are. And then in return, it's going to well, help you know what you are. <laughs> yeah, no, figure out what you are first. So what happens okay, is, okay, is what you are. yeah. So when we un, so when we realize and find out and understand what we are, it's just like okay, um, what kind of car did you end up getting? Did you get a new car? No, did you? Um, I have an uh, NX Lexus. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the new one or the the new one? Yeah. The four fifty plus H, the plug in. Did you get the plus? The um, I don't think so, but it was like the 2022 version. Nice. Those are really nice. It's actually kind of the most popular Lexuses anyway. Anyway, so, okay, great. So when you got the car, before you even test drove it, you know it's an SUV. Uh -huh. You look at it and you know what it's capable of. It can hold space. It could do this and that, whatever the case may be. Would you then expect a Ferrari type of performance out of it? Probably not, right? And so with what we've been able to kind of help people with with our patented technology that's you know based on science and nature and everything, we've been able to show people finally what kind of vehicle they are so they don't have to try to drive the NX like they're driving Ferrari just because someone else told them that that's how you should mm -hmm. drive the car. Okay, okay, okay. And a lot of that, you're right, does happen. For example, when I was growing up, my dad chose my major He's an engineer, so he thought, okay, great. This kid likes technology. He should be an engineer too. And my dad's very quiet, very reclusive by nature. He likes to be alone. 
and he was trying to get me to be a wallflower just like him. Uh huh. Well, you know me. Oh. There is no way that is my natural self. <laughs> You're more of an orange flower, if not on the wall. <laughs> right? Like, look at me, right? Yeah. Um, and and so that's a that's a perfect example. Of what happens? It's not like he he wanted to you know go against my nature, but he was doing what he knew about himself and thought that's how all men should be or how his son should be. And so what were thou what what you want to do then to start to forge your own path and have greater ease uh-huh. in creating the lifestyle that you want is by being able to discern what were the what what are the who components of you that don't actually align with what you are like what okay. kind of vehicle you are. Right? Okay. Um case in point I had another client um kid was really struggling. And I had the whole entire family take the assessment, right? And the the parents were like a power couple when they were growing up, right? Uh-huh. They, they did marathons together, like Ironman races together and stuff like that. And so sure enough, like the father, he was like, he, he was like a Ferrari, you know, he assessed like a Ferrari and mom was like a Maserati, right? Well, the kid assessed and he came out like a Prius. But they were trying to raise him like a Lamborghini and trying to run him like a Lamborghini and it was not aligning. And as a result, he was struggling mentally, emotionally. He was burning out as a freshman, even in high school. I got in the last like two or three days, 18 inquiries. What the heck? Hey guys, you all know me. I'm Carissa Wu and I'm a coach for wedding photographers. I've also been a wedding photographer for over a decade, so I've been through it all. I was a shy, awkward girl, and I've come so far. I'm now beyond passionate about helping wedding photographers not struggle how I did for so many years. It was six years into my business, and I was so tired of being ghosted, nickel and dimed, and hearing the dreaded words, we went a different direction. I also knew I needed to find a way to not rely on referrals or paying $350 a month for the knot to get my leads. I didn't want to have anxiety about when my next payday was going to come, and I wanted to scale my business. Fast forward to now, I created my very own stack system to help wedding photographers get constant leads and master the dreaded sales call and get a heck yes in 24 hours or less and charge more than four, five, six K. No more waiting around guys. This is our livelihood, our artistry and our passion, and we deserve to be respected, valued and paid for what we are worth. I've helped so many wedding photographers. Watch my 20 minute masterclass all about lead generation and closing the sale. The link is in the bio. You don't wanna miss out on the wedding boom and you don't wanna miss out on booking your calendar for 2022. It's engagement season guys, so you don't wanna miss this. See you guys soon. So when we were able to, when I was able to explain this to them and have them shift the way, I mean, it doesn't mean he couldn't be high performance. He still became a 5.0 student one of the best performers on his um, on his sports in the sports teams that he was playing at. So just because you're a priest, it doesn't mean like, okay, you're underperforming. Uh-huh. You just perform well in a different way. He was still high performing, but just in his own way. And so that's, that's the power behind that. And that's why it's so important to untether those limiting beliefs or those things that you've been told to do and been taught to do, but something deep inside says, I don't like doing this, but I'm just doing it because they told me this is the way I'm supposed to do it. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, what, the is, whole like, what is like one example of like how you find that out? I know it must be some sort of, you said science, but is it like a bunch of questions or do you like really like, is it like stuff you yeah. brain or? Well, prior to the patent assessment that we do, we use, it's, it's like a 10 minute online test. People take it and then just basically, I tell people all the time, it takes 30, deer, 30 years of just searching and guessing and uh -huh. squashes it down to like a 90 minute like result. Yeah. It's super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But prior to that, yeah, there, was a, there would be a lot of um, sessions and just asking questions and probing deep and diving into rabbit holes of thoughts, right? Like if someone says, here's my challenge and I would just go through this process, I created a, a, a questioning process called ER protocol, which is called emotional release protocol. And the goal was to help you help the client get to a root cause. And one of the first questions I'll share that is, um, and, and it's a question that I would ask over and over again to the point where they're totally annoyed, um, is how is that a problem? So if someone comes up and says, oh, my God, I can't stand this person. OK, well, how is that a problem? Well, it's a problem because this and that and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like like I had a client that was saying, like, um, this person at work is uh, it's constantly triggering me because they're talking about politics. They're talking about, you know, they're talking about how crappy their world is and everything like that. And they always kind of criticize my work. And that really kind of chaps my hide. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that commercial with uh, paste Dante <laughs> sauce. I really chopped my hide. But anyway, um, and I said, okay, great. And he goes, great. I was like, yeah, because that gives us a starting point. And he goes, okay, well, is it, do you, do you feel like it's out a little bit out of control for you? Do you get overly charged? He says, yeah, I can't focus. It derails me for the rest of the day. I was like, yeah, that's not good. So I said, how is that a problem? And he goes, well, and, and I was talking about like when they, when that guy criticizes him, which is the biggest piece, right? Well, it's a problem because like, who is he to criticize? I was like, well, no, that's not answering the question. What, how are you making what he's doing a problem? And he goes, oh, um, well, because it means that, you know, he doesn't like my work. <laughs> okay, well, how is it a problem he doesn't like your work? It says, then it means that I'm, I probably have to go back and do more of it. Okay, and how is it a problem you have to go back and do more of it? Then it means that maybe the first time I did it or my thinking of how it's done is wrong. Okay, well, how is it a problem that you're wrong? Mm -hmm. Well, and so we kept going with that thread, right? We, I kept asking questions and, and there's an art form to it. There's an artistry behind it, right? Knowing what questions to ask, which rabbit hole to chase, because sometimes you go into a dead end. But eventually we got to a point where he said, because then my parents will abandon me and leave me because I'm not good enough. Oh, shoot. And I was like going, do you see what that guy, that guy is simply a metaphorical trigger for a landmine that was already deep within you. Oh. And he goes, oh. Whoa. Now that you see that, is that true? I'm like, no, I love my parents and they love me. It's like, okay, but something happened a long time ago yeah, yeah. where you instilled that as a means of survival. Mm. And because of that, it is now showing up in random places because it is still lurking underneath as a viable program that is no longer necessary. Mm. It's like you upgraded your operating system so many times, but you kept this one program running in there for some inexplicable reason. It doesn't even, it's not even supported anymore, mm. but you're trying to run it mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. like creating errors, right? Is that the, what you are? 
So what that then does, it reveals a who component that isn't in alignment with what you are. Oh, I get it. So when you let that go, it stops mm -hmm. being in dissonance with what you are. Because mm -hmm. at first he was like, that doesn't make any sense. Of course not, because that's not what you are. He goes, oh, okay. So what do we do? I say, we're going to let it go. And so then we went through some release work and doing all this other stuff. Oh. Like, tears were shed, <laughs> tissues were passed out, and then boom. I, can, I get it. So, um, okay, so Wei like, was on the beach making seven figures, three, working three days a week and COVID happened. So what car were you like then? And then COVID happened and you had some like shifts. And then what car are you now? Oh, no, no, no. The car is the same. Okay. <laughs> the car is the same. It was just like over the years, it was like a slow, you know, slow thing. And it, it basically came down to, you know, all those things that was happening was uh, trying to fit in, trying to be accepted, right? Mm -hmm. so I'm oh, in this world of entrepreneurship and stuff like that. And because I've let go a lot of the stuff already, it made it even easier to create this high level of fitting in. Okay, right? okay. And the thing is, I did it in such a way that nobody could challenge it. My coaches didn't challenge, my friends didn't challenge, my peers and colleagues just like, what do you have to complain about? Okay. You know, okay. and when I tried to complain about it, it's like, mm, there's something off, right? They're like going, what are you talking about? Look at your life. You should be grateful. Oh my God. If I can, I am so sick and I, I, became, I became so sick and tired of hearing that yeah. because, you know, and, and, and some of you listening to this and maybe even you'd like, when you're in this mode of trying to align yourself with a greater purpose and you've created a, 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 a great lifestyle along the way, and yet you're still challenging it. Those people that come by says, you should be more grateful. Look at what you have and look what the world doesn't. It's like, I'm not comparing myself to what everybody else is or is not doing. Mm -hmm. I have a higher standard for why I'm here. And before I leave this planet, I'm, I'm going to make that, make that happen. I'm here to make greater impact. That's beyond myself. So it's not about me. Right. And so people say, you should be grateful. You should be grateful. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I am grateful. Okay. That's not the point. You know, because it's not about me. It's not for me. Right. So before the COVID shift and you got complacent, it was so it was about you being complacent. But after COVID, you kind of woke up and realized that you wanted to make more impact. And it really wasn't about you or your ego at all. It was about the impact. And from then on, you, you blossomed into something different. Right. Right. I mean, and this has been phased. So this is not the first time this has happened. OK. Right. So there's an up leveling each time and each time there's a similar cycle that starts to happen. And so I didn't see it as I was doing anything wrong. I was approaching the threshold of the previous chapter. And now as I'm getting older, I'm starting to move more and more away from got to build my empire to more like, okay, what is my impact now? What's my legacy? What is my footprint? So what is it? Well, the tagline for our, uh, one of my companies, Human Op, is called Helping Humanity Move Forward Faster. And okay. so that company is going to be designed to be a generational company that even when me, you, our kids, our kids' kids are long gone, the goal is to create a kind of like a, a systematic perpetual machine of growth and self-evolution so that it continues to make an impact on humanity. See, this technology that we have is designed, if I could see the pathways, if implemented fully worldwide, could eliminate a big, do a big part in mitigating and maybe even eliminating human conflict as we know it. 
And so with that understanding, that's a huge evolutionary leap. And so that's, that's the power of this technology that we have. And it's just a 10, 15 minute test. It's like, great. And there's other technology, the other patents we're building on top of that, but that's the core of it. And that's what's so exciting for me. And that's why, you know, we've shifted into becoming human optimization technologists because we're leveraging technology to expedite our evolution as, as, as a, as a whole. Oh, I feel like I'm interviewing like Elon Musk. I feel so fun. So fun. <laughs> no, it's, um, just to talk about myself for a little bit. It, yeah. I've been doing the coaching thing for like two years ish. Um, uh-huh. But I have, you know, my whole thing was like mastering the sales call and I had like mm-hmm. hired, like hired people to do it. I did it over and over and over again, like for my course. And I have this one call that I recorded and it was exactly 10 minutes. It's so freaking good. And I'm like, that 10 minute call with like, you know, potential clients was 13 years in the making. And that's kind of like, like, I'm so like proud of myself for that 10 minute call that I get to share with my students because and you should. Yeah. yeah. And just when you said that about your, the test, it's just like, it could be nine questions, but like the most like life changing Molly's game, like, mm-hmm. you know, three years of um, therapy for in three minutes type of thing. Like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. wrapped in those like, yeah. powerful questions. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Because a lot of entrepreneurs go through that journey. They're like that search of how do you, you know, cause Greek philosophers have said it, right? Know thyself, know thyself. There's a whole next step after you know thyself that most people don't really get to because it's been in this ongoing search and journey for humanity as a whole. How does human, how do human beings get to know the unique nature of themselves without putting ourselves into buckets, like three, four letter buckets? or one number bucket, right? Yeah. How do we truly honor the unique nature of every human being? So once you get that, the next step is actually knowing yourself is not enough because you also then have to honor yourself. Because a lot of people find out about themselves, but they do nothing about it. They do nothing with it. How do you honor yourself? So for example, when you learn something that may not necessarily be something that you were raised to see or believe or embrace or understand, you have a choice at that point. Now you have a choice. Whereas before, because you didn't know, ignorance is bliss. You had no choice but to do it the way everybody else told you how to do it. Society, culture, Mm -hmm. family, right? Mm -hmm. When you have a choice now to honor yourself, you make the best choice, which may not always be the easiest choice. Right. I just had this conversation yesterday with another client and she's realizing she's outgrowing her network of human beings in her world, which includes her family, some of her friends. And she's realizing that she has to start to untether, so to speak, from them. She goes, that means I'm not friends with them anymore. No, you're still friends. You just spend less time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that way you can open up the space for a new set of dynamics that is better suited to honor your unique vehicle of self and growth that you've done over the last three years. Yeah. I I remember talking to you seven years ago and you were saying <laughs> similar something about like some people you're hanging out with, you had to hang out with them less and then you're more focused on <clears throat> your volleyball friends and like mm-hmm. people that like uplift you and people that have like, you know, high energy. And I went through the same shift with my friends like during 
COVID, and I'm sure that no one's listening to this, but <laughs> out of those friends. But. Oh, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not like you're not friends with them anymore, right? And that's yeah, a big yeah. misnomer. People think like, oh my God, I can't say I'm not friends with you. No, you're friends, but there's different levels of it, right? And so I think back then, I think I even said then, upgrade your network, change your life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's really true. So what you do is, I mean, one way to do it is like, take a look at your top five people that you spend the most time with. Not that you consider, like my best friend, I don't spend a lot of time with him, but I still call him my best friend. But my network per se is like the people that I spend the most time with. And you take the top five people and you you look for how, if they fall into one of these categories. One, they're on the same journey as you and they're going at the pace that you're going. Two, they represent where you are going in life or where you want to go in life, right? Or, yeah, I think it's just those two, actually. I love it. Yeah. The top five. Yeah, I've been I've been hearing that from my mom since I was like a kid, and oh, that's I, amazing. I've didn't believe it until probably about a couple of years ago. <laughs> it's that's fascinating. I wonder what would happen if I was hearing that when I was younger. You know, because I didn't hear that from my parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you, my mom's from Nebraska. Like, <laughs> I know that's great. That's phenomenal. That's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh my God. I just want to like you to coach me right now, but we have no time, but <laughs> we only have about like eight, nine minutes, but uh-huh. can we just kind of sum up like the hot topic and maybe yeah. some two tips to help people like in a nutshell, like know from what you are and then to letting them know who they are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so here, here's the interesting thing is that your your audience are what well, how would you describe your audience they're mostly what millennial yeah, entrepreneurs? You, um, photographers and wedding um, pros okay what i love about your audience photographers and wedding pros because they just the sheer nature of stepping into that vocation and that career goes against the grain of a lot of what are tried and true methodologies. And this is what I love about the world we live in is because the whole social media, YouTube community, all that, they've shown just how you can make money doing pretty much anything. And so if you can do any, make money doing anything, why choose something to do that you're not into or you're not passionate about? Mm-hmm. Of course, we meet photographers that get into it because they think they, someone told them it's lucrative and they're like, okay, cool, I'll go into it. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, so, so, by that by that nature um going into something that is artistic and you know traditionally speaking so oh you can't make money doing that and realizing that you can requires a lot of um interrupting of old patterns in your system right Mm -hmm. so what i would say is if you want to create um a a more prosperous lifestyle with grace and ease. First, you want to then first define what being prosperous means to you because everybody's different. If you start to say a definition that you heard somewhere or somebody else's definition, I would encourage you to re reevaluate, sit down with yourself and says, and, and ask yourself, what does it mean to be prosperous? What does it mean to have a prosperous life? Kind of a life by design. If you were to have an open canvas and you no holds barred, nobody's looking at you, it's just you and you what would your life ideally be like, right? And then from there, you kind of observe like the the human being that I am right now, is it, does it fit in that definition, right? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean you can't. 
it might simply mean that there's a conflict between what you are and who you are, mm -hmm. right? When we feel that warm, deep, fuzzy, punch in the gut, almost feeling whenever we're thinking about what we do for a living, you kind of know you're on the right track, right? You're like, I love what I do, you know, that kind of thing, right? You're you gushing know I love what I do, yeah. <laughs> Right. You gush about it because you're just taking that, that one shot and you're just like still to this day, you're like, oh, my God, that was so good. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. it's kind of like that. And so if when you're still having that and yet you're dealing with challenges and conflict, especially around growing the business, scaling the business, making more money in your business, allowing more money. That's what I like to say, allowing more money flow into your business, you know, not sabotaging yourself because that's what mm -hmm. ends up happening a lot then it's about identifying that what versus who. And so to do that, you want to make a list of all the challenges that you think you're having so that you can have more grace. With like without those challenges, you would have more grace and ease in your world. Right? Okay. So list okay. all those out mm -hmm. and play that game. Chase down the rabbit holes of each of those challenges and ask yourself, how is that a problem? What makes that a problem? What does it mean to have that problem in my life? Right. And then you start going deep on that. And sometimes kind of like a, a big rock that you lift up and expose light on the creepy crawlies, sometimes just exposing it to the light will make some of those things just go away. Cool. And then what you have left is a very precise focus on what you can untrench, release and let go so that the true nature of yourself can really step into your unique blueprint path of success, happiness, prosperity, whatever you want to define that to be. Ooh, I'm so excited to journal today on those questions. How, who do you work with or who do you love working with most and how do you get a heck yes from your ideal client? Mm, great question. Um, so, you know, if this is a constant refinement, right? That as you grow as an entrepreneur, your demographic is going to shift and change, right? So where I am right now, um, love working with purpose-driven entrepreneurs and they're driven by a purpose. They may not even know what that purpose is, but there's a deeper purpose and they wake up every single day. So I can't put my hand around it just yet, but I, I know it's there. People who believe that it's, that they are the key, the unblock, unlocking and unblocking of whatever holds them back or whatever's held them back is the key to that next level growth. And typically these are entrepreneurs that are pretty seasoned. They're making multiple six figures. They're wanting to go seven, eight and beyond, but not because they wanna make more money. It's because they're looking forward to using that money to further align with their purpose and support the purpose of why they're here. Those that's, are my favorite people well, to work with. <laughs> that's that's a good answer. What is your woo factor? What is your way factor? What makes you stand out? Aside from the patented technology that we have. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I think the biggest thing with me, I've I've realized so so some of the things on my LinkedIn, I'm a what we call a fractional CVO, right? Chief visionary officer. I found that one of my um I guess, um, superpowers is the ability to see the pathways to the visions that people have greater and beyond. And I think, I think I may have shared this with you years ago. I found out that I can actually see around what the human potential is in terms of prosperity flow. 
in terms of what is what what amount of prosperity is actually waiting on the wings, how much money they actually are capable of. And because I am able to see that, it makes it so much easier for me to be a Sherpa and guide these amazing human beings to get to that point. And so um, a lot of my students, we get this like 90 minute session to uh, create your blueprint of your purpose, to identify what your purpose is. And it hasn't failed yet. And we sit there for 90 minutes or maybe even two 90 minute sessions. But then if, you know, the, they, they, they get to kind of, we, we kind of unveil that purpose. And I had one client that was like, she's in her 60s. She goes, oh my God, that's it. I was like, great, congratulations. She goes, yeah, it only took 30, 40, what, 50 years to get here? I'm like going, yeah, but you got there. There are people who leave this planet never knowing what their purpose is or was. And that's the sad part. Uh I love that. Oh my gosh. This is, I'm just trying to like wrap my mind around this conversation, but I can't wait to listen to it. <laughs> I know it's fun. It's, it's, it's fun. It's I mean, fun. I was looking forward to this because it's been so long. You and I haven't caught up and we used to catch up every once in a while, have coffee and stuff like that. But then you became a busy mommy and then you started to expand and grow your universe, which I kind of, kind of follow from the wings and just kind of like cheer you on from the sidelines. And, Same thing uh, to you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always and, listening to your stuff. And um, oh, that's good. To like, what is the way up to? And I wish. We could... <laughs> yeah. Well, we should we should hang out with Lauren, but we'll talk about that after the episode. Yeah, that's yeah, I know. I haven't seen Lauren in a while either. So she's she's doing her thing. too. I'm following her stuff, too. So, that's, yeah. Oh, my God. Go us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look at us. <laughs> OK, so I guess. If you could have like lasting advice, this is, you probably um, gave so much advice, but like for wedding pros or creatives, just mm -hmm. kind of maybe stuck in that, like making 80K and they can't mm -hmm. get out of it. Like what would mm -hmm. be, or six figures, but like how would mm -hmm. they get out of it? Um, and then you could tell everyone like where to find you and how to work with you. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I see this a lot because I've had people with like just under six figures working with me. I have people making multiple six figures, multiple seven figures coming into our office. And 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 the co most common thing, this is why I love talking about bad money stories, is that it's not because you're not smart enough. You don't have the skills. The work that you do isn't good enough. I mean, the resources that we have and the tools that we have are also amazing. It doesn't mean that you don't have enough business strategy or you're not good at sales. Likely, if you find yourself stuck and wavering or you hit it and you lose it and you hit it and you lose it or you just keep getting and then something happens, it's almost like a self-sabotage pattern. Most likely, there's a bad money story in there. And if you're willing to go deep, right, starting with those questions, because we use those questions to help people get to the core of what that story is coming from and why it's justified. That's how you can start to break through that threshold. And I'll leave one more thing to kind of chew on when it comes to money, right? The reason why people struggle with quote unquote making money, because we live in a time right now where the the utilization money has become far more than just a physical thing, right? Most of us don't carry physical money all the time anymore. It's always electronically depicted through electronical mean electronic means, right? Like cryptocurrency is like a perfect example of that, right? Mm -hmm, Even though mm -hmm. the market is like, eh, right now, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, what it's really kind of like reminding us that money is just an energy, a form of energy, right? 
And if we learn from physics in school, energy is neither created nor destroyed. So when we are been cultivated, we've been cultivated to go out there and utter and say, I need to go make money. That is literally human ego and arrogance at play. Because what are we, gods? We can't make energy. We can only manage the flow of it. And what makes it so hard is when we go out thinking we have this unconscious person, we got to go make money. The unconscious mind goes, how do we do that, really? And that's why it's a grind. That's why it's a struggle for a lot of people. Every single one of my clients that have massive breakthroughs to six, seven, even eight figures is because they stopped going out to make money. They literally go out to flow, to allow the flow of money, more of it to come into their lives. To do that, of course, you need to eliminate your bad money stories, get to the core of those self-sabotage patterns, and start adopting a different perspective on how money actually works. Ah, so good. Oh my God. Okay. So that was a lot. Um, so impressed. So tell everyone where to find you and how to work with you. Well, one of the best ways and easiest ways to, is to kind of get to know me better. I'm easy to find. You just Google me, but you can go to untethered and prosperous. It's all spelled out.com. And from there, you can find all the different resources. You can check out some of the, um, the podcasts about what it means to be untethered. We have some amazing guests on there. Um, some of them are like uber, super successful. There's a whole, we have a whole queue of maybe a dozen more that hasn't even come out yet, uh, or dozens more rather. And then uh, from there, you can, as we introduce more things into our podcast network, we have, we'll have multiple podcasts, multiple offerings. There's some great opportunities. But the great easiest way is to just reach out. I'm not hard to re find. You just Google me. <laughs> you know, Content king. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Wei. This conversation was crazy. I loved it. Good. Well, thanks for having me. It was so good to be able to reconnect and chat. I now, I, now I'm really have, have missed having our conversations. Thanks for joining me this week on Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. Make sure to follow, subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot and post to IG. Tag me. Also, don't forget to download my free guide on how to become a lead generating machine. See you next time, wedding pros.